Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Howdy, howdy. Did you get notice? I now have a notice. Yeah. Yay, we have a notice. <clears throat> and I want to welcome everybody to our chat rooms here uh, we ran a rebroadcast yesterday because I was uh, I was out of town and I was doing something really exciting, JC. I actually have a couple pictures that I want to show everybody uh, once I get this all set up for us here. Now that I got that, so I can see everybody in the chat room. Howdy from Aloha from Hawaii. Uh, howdy from Arkansas. And we also have Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in the house, uh, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, and uh, Blue North. That's what we're fixing to talk about here, Arkansas. We, um, here's the pictures that I have for you. Uh, let's see. Yep, there we go. So this is from Arkansas. I was in Sebastian County. Arkansas, and I was testifying at the meeting, uh, a, a county meeting, for a Bill of Rights Protection Act. Mm. And so what it was is the, the uh, Arkansas Liberty Caucus, uh, Coalition, I always do that, the Arkansas Liberty Coalition, along with some, some local legal people, drafted a Bill of Rights Protection Act that said, and, and it just, it repeated the sections in the Arkansas Constitution and in the U.S. Constitution for the Bill of Rights, and said that in various ways, one of them being criminal actually, that uh, people who represent the people of Sebastian County would be held accountable for violations of their oaths. And it also said that the county of Sebastian County, Arkansas, had a responsibility and a duty to not comply with state or federal laws that contradict the Constitution. Hmm. And so the county attorney, uh, Mr. Rainwater, was vehemently opposed to this piece of legislation. And so the Arkansas Liberty Caucus sent it to me and said, hey, Chris Ann, uh, they sent me their, their bill, or their ordinance, it was actually an ordinance, and they sent me his written objection that he sent out to, to everybody and asked me, is, is he right? You know, I mean, and they said, we don't want to put up anything that's unconstitutional, that's unlawful. We certainly, in, in the hopes of protecting our Constitution, don't in, want to inadvertently damage it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I looked at it, and, and there, was, there was nothing wrong with it. It was solid on, on the principles of nullification. It didn't have anything in it that was uh, even radical, actually. You know, it was just, this is your oath, and this is the content of your oath, and this is the content of our Bill of Rights, and because of your oath, and because the purpose of the state is to preserve the rights of the people, and this is your duty. And because it's your duty, because you've taken an oath, and you've made a solemn, I wonder how many people realize, JC, 
that those oaths are actually solemn promises. They're vows to the people. And what this bill did, or this ordinance did, was gave the oath teeth so that the people could come back to their elected representatives and say, look, um, if you inadvertently did this, then there's this, this pathway. If we know and can say that you intentionally violated your oath, then there is this pathway. And the county attorney made many objections. First and foremost, it was not necessary to have the ordinance because they already took their oath. And I just simply said, I explained to the, to the county board, that something being not necessary is not the same of, as something being illegal or unconstitutional. Obviously, the people think it's necessary, and the oath itself doesn't give the people a handle to do anything with it, right? So this actually gives the people the remedy and the, and the ability to redress their grievances. Because right now, if somebody violates their oath, what do you do? You know, get seriously, angry. you get angry and you wait until the next complain. election, right? You complain, you wait till the next election. I just want to sort of drop in here really quick, JC, what drives me. I, I've had my fill with the Hillsborough County emergency propaganda group. I'm sick and tired of this whole idea. And this is ties in here of they have this 20 minute section. Uh, um, well, they have allotted 20 minutes for public comment, right? So they allow 20 minutes and each person gets two minutes. And all, the, all that happens is for two minutes, people say things and then the meeting goes on. The county never, though some people, JC, even actually ask questions. I wanna ask the, the, the health director this question and I'm asking, uh, uh, Commissioner Overman, this question, and I'm asking Commissioner Miller this question, and they never answer the questions. And they don't seem to understand that the public comment session, and every county has this, you know, we've been to county meetings, every county has to allow public comment. And it's this overwhelming idea that the public comment is just some place for the people to vent and put their idea or put their words out into some abyss somewhere. They're just checking the boxes. Yeah, the exactly. Representatives are just checking the boxes. We have to do this, so right. We well, do the it. Public, We're doing it. The public comment section is the expression of the right of the people to petition the government for a redress of their grievances. It's not just simply the right to petition or the right to complain. It's a right to complain and have those complaints satisfied. Now, I'll mention to you, they're not actually satisfying those complaints. They're not even listening. Mm -hmm. And so that's what these people are fed up about in Sebastian County, Arkansas. We're tired of bringing our grievances to you. We're tired of pointing out that you violate your oath. We're tired of seeing the governor violate our constitution and shut down our businesses and shut down our churches and us being told that the only thing we can do is sue. I mean, that was one of the county attorney's things. He says, well, this is not the county's job to, uh, this is not the county's job to, dis to not obey the state. He said, if you disagree with the county, with the state laws, then you can sue. 
You, you as an individual? You or? as an individual. So the county has no obligation? So that, no, he That's said, what he's saying? He's not only saying they have no obligation, he said it's unconstitutional and a violation of your oath. What? Yes, that's what he said. Here, listen to this. He was like Wait the a king of circular logic. No, they take an oath. It's an oath to the Constitution of the of of America and the state, right? It's yes. The federal Constitution and state Constitution. That's what they take an oath. To. Yes, there is absolutely no mention in that oath of law, legislation, or ordinance. But here's what he said: the county takes an oath to support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Arkansas. It's really circular, so I'm going to try to get this. In that, the state has the authority to create certain legislation. Mm -hmm. And when the county disobeys the legislation that comes from the General Assembly, the General Assembly, he says, has the sole obligation of creating legislation by the Constitution. So when they deny the legislation that comes from the General Assembly, they're actually violating the Constitution because the Constitution delegates to the legislature the authority to make legislation. But you take, but the county commissioners take a separate oath, right? Just like a sheriff? I mean, they take the same oath as a sheriff, do they not? They take the same oath as the, as the General Assembly. They all take the so, same oath. So if the General Assembly, let's just hypothetically, if the General Assembly said, uh, passed a law that said you have to expel all Jewish people from the county. Mm -hmm. If the county said, no, that's crazy, we're not doing that. By this guy's argument, right. they're violating their oath? They're violating, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so he understands the oath to be an oath to the General Assembly. Right. Well, but he says it's not that. But see, he just... But in practice, but that's in practice, what he's saying. That's what he's saying, yeah. And his argument was that the uh, uh, state, that, that the county is not sovereign. Well, Arkansas is a limited home rule state. So if the power is not specifically delegated to the General Assembly, then it's then the county is free to exercise that authority. If the power is specifically delegated to the county, the county exercises that authority without this General Assembly. So it's a limited home rule, which means they do have sovereignty. And so what I did was I, I spent the time actually, um, I spent some time explaining how uh, if the county is not sovereign, then how do they make contracts? Because if this county is not sovereign, then they can't make contracts. Well, they're sovereign in what they're delegated, and they're sovereign in what is not specifically delegated to the General Assembly. But his argument was blanket. We, this, the county is not sovereign. So uh, this, is a, this is a guy who's the attorney for the attorneys of the counties. So if I were Gary's group, I would actually put forth another um, proposal, another bill, proposed ordinance, that, that the oath be changed, um, and they should like make up wording for the oath, where that these county commissioners take an oath to the General Assembly. Mm -hmm. That's the next ordinance I would propose. Yeah. Be and I would, I would basically argue that your oath should line up with your practice. Right. Right. They shouldn't be contradictory. So basically, this county commission is voted in basically in practice saying 
we take an oath of the General Assembly. This county attorney argued that in practice their oath is to the General Assembly, regardless of what he's saying, our oath is to the Constitution, but then he contradict, you're contradicting right. that uh, in your action. So that's what I would propose. And then, then they could have be, this argument. Then they'd be really <laughs> dangerous because they might actually pass something like that. But here's no. the thing. But if that's it what they're going to do, if yeah. that's what they do, what difference does it make? It takes integrity for someone in office to vote for a way for the people to check their authority. And right, that's true. basically what this was. Yeah, just accountability. Is, so their, prob their problem was... The, the accountability portion. So they yes. don't want to give handles for the people to hold them accountable. So right. that's why you get all these goofy arguments that right. don't make any sense. Right, exactly. They, they know that in their heart, right? They know what they're against is accountability. Now, let me see if I can, I got to come up with some constitutional argument. It's never going to work out because he's not being honest in the first place. Right, exactly. It's pretty sad. No, it was very, very disingenuous. Uh, he came up to me afterwards and shook my hand and said, I hope we can be friends. And I said, well, you know, and it's amazing because on Monday we actually said that, you know, I'm liberty over security, principle over party and truth over personality. Now, if you're not, we can be friends, but I'm not going to vote for you. Right. And not only that, you know, we can be friends. I'm just not going to agree with you. And so he made mention that that he and I should work together to create an ordinance that everybody could like. And, and I was like, well, I don't know why everybody can't like this one. So, um, <laughs> you know, he... One without just, accountability. What, well, that's it. Well, Didn't he, he make an alternative? He made and an stripped accountability out of it? stripped the accountability yeah. out of it, yeah. He made an alternative, and his alternative was that, that, uh, the, that the legislators would be able to decide, the county would be able to decide whether their own actions were unconstitutional or not. So they would be governing themselves, basically. It doesn't seem like they understand constitutional. So yeah, how, how is that going to work out? Right. Well, they if, don't, if constitutional, obviously. by his argument, is anything the legislature passes. Right. That's basically the argument that he made. Right. Because they passed it and it's their power to pass laws. Right. You have to follow all the laws they pass. Right. So, so that separates then you are not taking oath to the Constitution. Right. You're submitting to the General Assembly. Right. So, uh, that, so that's what I mean. I think they should eliminate the oath for the county commissioners so that people know who, what they're dealing with. Yeah. Go, go ahead and be honest. Because if you're not willing, right, this is the thing. They take an oath, but yet you're not willing to stand for that which you pledge that you'll stand for, mm -hmm. so you're being dishonest, right? You're going to have to answer for this before God and man. Right. So why would you take that oath? Right. Why would you even put yourself in the position of doing that? I'm yeah. sorry I can't do that. I can't pledge to the Constitution because I know that when the time comes, I'm not actually going to stand for it. So therefore, your oath is a lie. Right. Absolutely. So why don't you make your oath true? And so that's what, it, I, if I were Gary's group, I would do like reverse psychology and I would offer up an amendment, you know, in light of... Uh, you, the argument you made, the practice, uh, we propose that we alter the oath and, and uh, make it align with your practice. Yeah, I don't... We hereby pledge allegiance to the General Assembly. Well, and that's basically what I told him. I said, either you are, are a guardian of the people's rights or you're an enforcer of their servitude. And that's who you are. And the, ba the, the ordinance failed nine to four.
Um, but here's the thing, JC. Remember, James Otis Jr. didn't win his case either. And that room, let me go see if I can... Is this a county commission? Uh, yeah, Arkansas, what, I don't understand. It? It's, it's, it's a county board. I don't really understand... With 13 members? That's huge. Yeah, yeah. I don't really understand how it works. Um, they're, they're called justices of the peace. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't call them county commissioners. They're called JPs and there are 13 of them. But I, so I don't know, I don't know exactly how that works in and of itself. That wasn't part of what I needed to know. So I, you know, and I had a really short period of time to get yeah. up on the Arkansas constitution. Do you know what was crazy, JC? He met me afterwards. The, the he, he might be listening now. I don't know. Mr. Rainwater met me afterwards and said that he didn't know me before today. And uh, I'm going to see. I don't think you can see him in this picture. Yeah, he's not in, in any of those these pictures. But anyway, he's an older gentleman. He came to me. He said he didn't. He said, I didn't know you before then, but I watched one of I, I watched your show today or it was yesterday, and he said, your, your husband, JC, he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> I am a cool guy. He's a cool guy. And you know what he did? Because ironically is not the right word. Um, contradictor. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're trying to You're trying to say, like, juxtaposition his opposition to the... Mm -hmm idea that the county right. can stand up he's all in favor of the sheriff engaging in nullification because he's not a sheriff and uh, it doesn't work for the sheriff department he doesn't department. work for the sheriff department i guess i don't know let, i don't know let them be accountable yeah so <laughs> not us so in the middle of his argument right he's, we're, we're fine with other people being accountable basically. he's not let me just put it this way jc he's not making friends and influencing people in this meeting okay i'm going to show you this this one picture again because this meeting there's a lot of people in this meeting. If you go to Fort Smith, Arkansas, this is a, yeah, lot, of a lot of people in this meeting, okay? And uh, as one of the reporters... That, that's why I can't comprehend 13 yeah, members of this board. Again, I don't know how it works. I don't know. It may have been multiple counties. I don't know. All I can tell you is that, the, as in one of the news articles that, that has come out since then, uh, remarked that uh, the people cheered for Chris Ann Hall mm -hmm. and uh, and... Mr. Rainwater was met with often outbursts of disagreement <laughs> by the crowd. So he wasn't making any friends or influencing people. And he, and so, so not only are you making inaccurate arguments, you're not representing your people. You're not representing the people. No, no. And so he's trying to win them over. And I, I found out after the meeting he was also trying to win me over, right? Because he came up to me, because, oh, well, in the meeting, you know, he's arguing about the sheriff's authority to nullify. And he says, nullification is what Chris Ann is talking about, you know, and he throws out that word. You know, I don't use that word because that word freaks people out, you know. Mm -hmm. So I talk about it as the right to not comply, as peaceful noncompliance, but you can't use that word nullification because it's like the word sovereign these days. You just, it's difficult. And so he throws it out there, nullification, nullification, and he says... He says, nullification would be an example that if Rosa Parks was sitting on the bus and the sheriff came on the bus and said, Rosa Parks, 
I'll sit with you wherever you want to go, and I'll escort you home. He says, that's the role of the sheriff as a check and balance. That's not the role of the, of the board here as a check and balance. And he came to me afterwards, and he said, you know, I got that Rosa Parks example from you. <laughs> so their role is just to stand and watch. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. He said, I got that Rosa Parks example from you. I said, yeah, I know you did. <laughs> yeah. That's very... So he researched me. He actually must have watched part of the state sovereignty class or something. But but you know, when you teach that class, you know, it should be clear to the people listening that doesn't just apply to sheriffs. I mean, that principle is about every person okay, so, breathing, so I, standing for what's right, having the courage to stand and do what's right. So I, I gave the example of print, Mac Prince VUS which has now been confirmed in California v. U.S. by this current Supreme Court. I gave them the example of NFIB v. Sibelius, where, where um, uh, Robert said that, it's, that, they, that they expect the states to not comply with federal laws. Uh, when they what what he says when they don't agree when they don't believe they're constitutional or, or however he puts that he says states are independent sovereigns and they have to act like it. Mm -hmm. And then I and I told him I said look it's 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 the the count the Supreme Court of the United States recognizes counties and municipalities as sovereigns, and the Supreme Court of the United States recognizes that sovereigns in the state, the county, and the municipality have a right to not obey federal laws. And your oath says you have a right to not obey anything that's contrary to the Constitution. Right. Same, so, same as a sovereign person, yes. right? Upon which, you know, the principles flow from the sovereign individual, mm -hmm. right? In that we, we as sovereigns have delegated essentially tasks that, that we want you to do on our behalf, yeah. right? Yeah. So, that's that's the the mind-boggling thing so how anywhere in the chain is that different yeah what is what is true for the state in that context must be true for sovereign county so, and sovereign individual at one point okay i gave my presentation he gave his presentation and then he went overtime so the chairman gave me a few minutes and then after that the board members were asking us questions. We were both standing up there at the same time. So our back is to the crowd. At one point, I got nervous, JC, because he said, while I was standing up there with the, my back to all these people, he said, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments declare that all the rights belong to the people and all power belongs to the government. I thought there was going to be a riot in that place, JC. <laughs> Did, did they respond? Oh my goodness! I I didn't look, but I felt them rise out of their chairs, and they were very, very vocal. They were very, very vocal. So I was like, "Oh my goodness!" This Arkansas, bro. I'll show you power. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Wow. Oh my goodness. Hey, I have something that's encouraging. Will be encouraging to you, JC, and I'm hoping encouraging to some other people. You know, Sonny Shaw. Mm -hmm. Right? Sonny Shaw is a young lady, and she is a friend of ours. And Sonny is... Very sharp. Very, very sharp. She was raised to be a thinker, which makes her a seeker of truth. Mm -hmm. Right? And so she has been really, really 
coming to me and JC and asking really tough questions. She's getting involved in local government. She listens to the county meetings. She's been to uh, some organizational things against the, the shutdowns and stuff like that. I mean, she is really, really on fire. Well, now she came to me. So we were talking about <clears throat> the Antifa manifesto, right? She actually ordered it. Mm-hmm. And she started reading it, which made her order. She actually ordered a physical copy of the Communist Manifesto. Mm -hmm. And now she is reading the Communist Manifesto. And she posted on Facebook, Abolition of Private Property, Chapter 2 of the Communist Manifesto. Now listen to what she says, JC. The COVID-19 lockdown was a communist attack on America. Why? If the government tells you to shut down your own private business or your church and you comply without a fight, then do you really have your own private business? The answer is no. You're not calling the shots the government is. The government has no constitutional authority to tell anyone to shut down their business. Communism is the enemy of America and Western civilization. Wake up before it's too late. And she posted this on her Facebook page to the rest of her generation that follows her, right? Liberty Millennial. Liberty Millennial. Communist Manifesto. In this sense, this is directly from the... Look, she put a little star by it, too. Directly in the Communist Manifesto. Quote, in this sense, the theory of of the communists may be summed up in a single sentence. Abolition of private property. And that's the communists themselves saying. That's the communists themselves This is how we define our philosophy. This is how we define our philosophy. We we have a good good number of liberty millennials at uh, the River School of Government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thinkers. Yeah, so... They they want to know and understand. Right. They, They don't just... They're not just... They're not satisfied with just being fed... Right. what they're supposed to think. Supposed and they're think. not satisfied with watching their generation uh, wallow around in ignorance. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. I actually shared her post on my Facebook page. And I, and I commented that we, we have a choice to make. Our children do not have to be raised as imbeciles players in a communist plan. It is the choice of the parents what their children believe. Because I'm not going to, you're not going to see me pointing, you know, uh, Charlotte Isabel talks about the deliberate dumbing down of, um, of, our, of our education system. Well, that is true, but I'm not going to point to the education system and, 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 and blame them for the ignorance of our children, for the fact that we are raising a bunch of fascist, Marxist socialists that think that, I don't know if you saw the video, um, Pastor Ryan Juiced sent it to me, somebody actually went into Chaz and did some videotaping. I don't know if you saw that. He I, sent I've it to me. I've been tracking... All the Chaz stuff coming out. All the Chaz. Okay. So this guy walks through Chaz with a video camera and is videoing their little gardens. Okay. In front of one of the gardens is a sign that says, the product of this garden is only for black people and minorities. No whites allowed. I thought Chaz was all about equality and, 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 and they are breaking away because of the, 
the inherent nature, racist nature of the system. And they actually have a sign in Chaz that says, if you're white, you can't eat this food. Well, see, and that, now that undermines the sociological theory of not being able to be racist because you don't have power. Well, now they have power. Yeah. So out, outside of the boundaries of Chaz, they would say that's not racist. Well, now within the boundaries of Chaz, that has to be racist because you, you're in control. You have power. So yeah. once again, not about racism. Nope, not about racism. Hey, everybody. It's time for us to start getting prepared for In Defense of Liberty, September 4th through 7th this year. Constitutional training, hand-to-hand self-defense training, handgun accuracy and precision, real-world shooter defense. Look, this is going to happen in Whitesboro, Texas, in the best place in the country for a, a non-military person to train. I believe that. I think this is the best range in America for a non-military person to train. You will get training that will blow your mind and change your life. We just heard that Antifa is wanting to show up and have protests in <laughs> Olusty, Florida. Okay, so if Olusty, Florida is on Antifa's radar, okay, you, wherever you are, need to sign up for our training. You can sign up for this at chrisannhall.com. Look, I don't care. We, You know, JC, we've had people go through this course that have never touched a firearm in their life. And we've even had people who were 20-plus-year were veterans of a police department go through this. My goodness, Larry teaches, this is Larry Stevenson, a.k.a. the Bearded Black Cowboy. Larry teaches Navy SEALs. And his teaching is so unconventional. It is absolutely life-changing. There really is no excuse not to attend this training, especially since we've set up a payment plan. It's a three-day. It would be like taking your your family uh, to a conference that actually means something, or... It's cheaper than going to Disney World and you actually leave with something valuable instead of, you know, funding. You're in a deficit when you leave Disney. Yes, you are in a deficit when you leave Disney. (laughs) You've left valuable. You have left (laughs) valuable. Where are we on the clock? We are at 30 minutes. All right, I want to talk today. Uh, I wanted to do a little video, J.C., about the hysteria that I've been seeing with the Supreme Court opinion and the uh, discrimination or non-discrimination again with gay people. No, it, That's it won't. still going on? It, no, no, no. It is growing. I mean, people are... I don't, I don't get this. I mean, I'm not going to name any names because these people I love... I'm not going to name any names because I respect these organizations. You know, if, I mean, it was somebody like Heritage, I would be calling them out. No problem. But I'm talking about people that really I respect have jumped on this bandwagon that that the, the sky is falling. And I want, I, I actually, JC, I actually took some notes and I wanted to make sure that we handled this as thoroughly as possible okay 
And the first thing you're, that you're I want to do. voice crying in the wilderness. I, the, uh, no, <laughs> right? If a tree, if Chrisanne cries in the wilderness, does anybody hear? Okay. So, first and foremost, there's several things that, th there's a couple things that I want to discuss. And so I'm going to lay out the roadmap here, and I'm going to try to do this as briefly, as concisely as possible, because I realize that if we get over the nine-minute mark, people like on me. And I want to make this into its own video. So here we go. Number one, the Civil Rights Act exempts, specifically exempts churches and religious schools from unlawful uh from enforcement on the code called unlawful hiring practices okay. okay number two which is the big question to me and jc is going to love this question even if everything jumps the rail as these people with the sky is falling are saying why do churches and religious schools have to listen to the government on who they hire and who they don't hire. Right. I mean, these are the two questions that we're going to have to answer. So what I have for you here is the, I'll scroll all the way up here, Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. I'm going to show you the language, okay? So we're going to scroll down to the part, unlawful employment practices you're gonna have to be patient with me because we have a really really stinky mouse pick the... which one yeah okay it's just so small I, mm -hmm. I blew it up so it could be a little bit bigger but all right so in the section two zero 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 e dash two otherwise known as section 703 mm -hmm. we the under the Civil Rights Act they list unlawful employment practices okay so we'll go down here to, uh, well, let's see. It shall be unlawful employment practice for an employer to fail or refuse to hire, to discharge any individual or otherwise discriminate against any individual with respect to his compensation, terms, conditions, privileges of employment because of such individuals, race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, what the Supreme Court said is that in the in legislative intent to eliminate discrimination based on sex, they have a but-for test. But for this thing that has to do with your sex, you would keep your job. Mm -hmm. These three cases failed the but-for test. Because, as we said in the show the other day, stupid people. You got people saying, just coming out on the record, you're fired because you're gay. Right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's freaking out because they say that Gorsuch and the Supreme Court have redefined the meaning of the word sex to mean sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Gorsuch and the majority of the Supreme Court say, why would we not protect individuals with a difference from being discriminated against? Right. Do we isolate people that can't, that, that it's okay to discriminate against them in America? 
So in the intent, in the spirit of the legislation, why would we say this division of society is not protected because we don't agree with their lifestyle? Gorsuch said that very premise that they're not protected because we don't agree with their lifestyle is the precise reason that the Civil Rights Act was created. Makes perfect sense. So, but here's the freak out. Well, they're redefining sex as, as, uh, um, they're redefining sex as, uh, and, and this is going to force the churches to hire homosexuals. The Christian schools will have to hire homosexuals, even though it's contrary to their faith. Okay. I don't know what version of the Civil Rights Act, these people, some of them lawyers, JC, mm -hmm. some of them, some of them lawyers, Horowitz, uh, he's a prostitute. He is, he is a political panderer. Mm -hmm. I don't even, how did he get, how did he get respect? How did he reach the level? You, you keep up with this stuff better than I do. How did much Horowitz of, reach the much level of, of these... being respected by the conservative community? Much of these responses are about fundraising. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely That's right. That's really what it's all about. Because you get right. enough people stirred up, and then yeah. you send out a mailer, and then they'll donate. Right. Because they're all pissed off. All right. So point number one. Okay, remember now, I'm gonna, you're going to watch me. We're going to scroll down. So we have A, employer practices, B, employment agency practices, C, labor unions, right? Now, D, training programs, E is the point that we that is relevant to us and I'm going to read it on the air. Businesses or enterprises with personnel qualified on the basis of religion, sex or national origin, educational institutions with personal uh, with personnel of particular religion, notwithstanding any provision of this chapter, it shall not be unlawful employment practices for an employer to hire or employ employees for employment agency to classify or to refer employment any individual for a labor organization to classify its members or to classify or to refer for employment any individual for an employer labor organization or joint labor management con uh, committee controlling apprenticeship or other training or retraining programs to admit or employ any individual on such program on the basis of his religion, sex, or national origin in those certain in those certain instances where religious religion, sex, or national origin is a bona fide occupational qualification reasonably necessary to the normal operation of that particular business. And number two. It shall not be unlawful employment practices for a school, college, university, or other educational institution or institution of learning to hire and employ employees of particular religion if such school, college, university, or other educational institution of learning is in whole or in substantial part owned, supported, controlled, or managed by a particular religion or by a particular religious corporation, association, society, or if the curriculum of such school, college, university, or other educational institution or institutions of learning is directed toward the propaganda, uh, propagation of a particular religion. Religious exemption. Religious exemption. Now, I want to make this point very clear. 
Because everybody's like, oh, they're redefining sex. So what? Sex is an, an exempted thing in the religious exemption thing. So no matter what else you throw it, in that I category, it's still exempt. I don't care what you exempt. call sex, it's still exempt. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I don't know how to make this any clearer. It's in writing. And that's why this disturbs me so much. So are these lawyers illiterate or dishonest? It, it has to be disingenuous. It has to be. Or, and here's, here's, here's another thing, right? Or it's just based out of fear, right? Because fear is an irrational motivator. And this is the case, this is the opinion that came out of the Supreme Court on Monday about... You can't fire somebody because they're gay. You can't for the sole reason that they're gay. What was the what was the case called? I don't remember. It's somebody's name, something. Yeah. So in this section, okay, in this section, right here, you can fire somebody based on sex, no matter what the definition of sex is. You can refuse to hire them based on sex. No matter what that definition is. Do you know what disturbs me? And I want us to, because I I told you, I took notes. I I wanted us to know this. Do you know what really disturbs me, JC? What? This plays right into the hands of the people like the 1619 Project, the Southern Poverty Law Center. It makes us the enemy. Mm -hmm. See, those conservatives, we told you they were bigots. We told you they, we, they want to destroy the, the lives of people who don't believe what they want to believe. And all of this, in spite of the fact that the Civil Rights Act has a clear exemption. I mean, clear. It doesn't matter what sex is, you're exempt from it. And so- this false narrative of overreaction actually... And I, I don't, I don't know how to say this. It, it makes us look like a bunch of bigots. Um, maybe it, maybe it just revealed. I don't say us because it wasn't me. I'm the, maybe I'm the lone, you know, in the wilderness. Maybe it's simply revealing the bigotry that's actually there. Well, what it so is. Just, just be honest. They, they should just be honest and say we're bigots. What this is sending the message is, is that the entire Christian community thinks that an entire segment of American population deserves to be discriminated against. Now, JC, how is that love your neighbor as yourself? How is that to love your enemy as your neighbor? How is that even anything remotely Biblical, because the whole argument that I see now is, well, the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin and it's an abomination and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but the Bible also says that you have to love your enemy as yourself. How do you love your enemy when you stand up and you publicly freak out because you think an entire population in America deserves to be Second-class citizens. Second-class citizens. Yeah, this is the thing. Because remember, the exemption is right there. But, you know, if you think there's 120 genders, right, I think you're a looney tune. But 
I don't think you deserve any less liberty than anybody else exactly. walking around. That, that's what I don't understand. That's what people don't seem to get. And I don't understand the church world not being able to make that distinction. How are you going to What reach? does that have to do with the gospel? Do what does that have e to do with, with, exactly. with conducting church? You know what it has to do with the gospel? It's the body of Christ undermining the gospel is what it is. You've got this huge public freakout where Christians now wear the hat of, of hating these people. And I'm not, a Christ, I'm not a Christian who hates these people because I love all people in Christ. But how am I going to approach someone now with the message of Christ when such a huge and overwhelming bullhorn voice is coming from the Christian population declaring that a certain seg that these people I'm trying to reach and, and, and teach the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. These people now believe that all Christians think that they should be second class citizens. Do and and I mentioned this on Monday, JC. How many, how many, how many gay lesbian conservatives have we met? I would say good number. Good number. A good number. Are we now saying there's no place for these people? So that's point number one. The exemption exists. It's right there in writing. Point number two. The fear comes because in a world of possibilities, right, given the way the Supreme Court operates, what would prevent the Supreme Court from then going in and undermining that exemption section. I say to you, that is a possibility because agenda-driven judges do agenda-driven things. And there's no mistake that these groups want to destroy the church. Sure. Okay? There's no mistake. Okay, so I'm, I don't have my head in the sand, so don't even come to me and tell me I got my head in the sand. But they're in the church as well. Yeah, exactly. Th that's the thing. Yeah, that's it. So I will concede that there is a possibility that the Supreme Court could go in and undermine that exemption and say uh, schools have to hire, religious schools have to hire homosexual people because, you know, a teacher's not really a religious person, that whole that whole clergy thing and, and that churches have to hire homosexuals in their band or whatever, right? But that's not what this opinion does nor says. In fact, it says the opposite. Yes, that's not it, what it, this opinion it, does. It made it clear actually to state that yes. in the opinion. Yes, absolutely. But here's point number two. Hey, churches. Hey, Christian schools. Who's your God? So what if the Supreme Court actually does that does that change what the bible says does that change the doctrine that you are to teach does that change who you can and cannot hire i want to ask you that question jc because i'm using my words your no words. of course not does it change who you no. can and cannot hire no. no it does not what it does is brings us to the point jc that i see coming there's and i know you agree with me there is a time that is coming where the church, the real church, and I will say those who are sold out to, to the body of Christ 
are going to have to decide the Acts 529 decision. You're going to have to say, am I going to follow the Supreme Court or am I going to follow God? The days. See, here's the problem. We are in this quagmire. All of this, all of this frantic freakout, JC, is because the churches have been trained to follow the dictate of the government over the word of God. Have they not? You got the 501c3 telling them what they can and cannot do. You got pastors who won't preach the full gospel because they're afraid of the government coming after them. They won't do this, that, and the other because they don't want to be, a, you know, they shut down their church because of a COVID because they don't want to be arrested. So we have been training pastors and there's only a, a small portion that actually say, I I'm not going to obey government. I'm going to obey God now. But we've been training them for years to obey government. That's why they're freaking out. If we had church leadership, if we had true Christians who are feasting, not just simply on the milk of the word, but the meat of the word, we wouldn't be freaking out over this decision. Because we'd be saying, well, you know, that's what courts do. History says that's what they do. And they can keep doing what they do, but that doesn't affect me. I mean, seriously, they can pass down an opinion that says that, that if we don't hire homosexuals, that we got to have a certain pers a percentage of homosexuals in our church. They can do that, but we're not going to comply. Do you see the... Am, am I making my point clear? Yes. Because I'm afraid people aren't hearing me. They're not get. I start to wonder if I have an inability to communicate well. No. Nah. Because I don't think I can make this any clearer. It's confirmation bias. The bigger lesson for me, this I'll thin I'll thin out some of your followers for you. Oh, that's that's your job. Um, is conservatives are a threat to the Constitution. That's the lesson. Because think about it. This this is a conservative ide ideology, and now. Uh, it is it is a a you know widespread assault against Gorsuch. Yeah, the most constitutionally consistent justice on the bench. The conservatives have now declared war. Yeah. on that one. So the they, conservatives are a threat to the Constitution. If conservatives were constitutionalists. As, probably as much as the left. Yeah. So if, right, because they're playing, like I said, they're playing right into their hands. Mm -hmm. Do you know how badly the 1619 Project wants every Christian to be demonized? They don't care how bad. You know how they badly the 1619 Project would want Gorsuch off the Supreme Court? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we're playing right into their hands. I admire Gorsuch's principle in this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Can you imagine? He had to know that this was going to come crashing down on him. I, I mean, think he, he cares. Well, I don't think he cares either, but still, on a certain aspect, there, there has to have been something that kind of cringed in him and said, okay, I got to get prepared for the tidal wave that's coming, you know? But I totally respect him for taking this stand. Mm -hmm. And, and, I think this is also in line of what you're saying, that conservative does not mean constitutionalist. Because a constitutionalist would agree with the Christian in saying, well, we don't care what the Supreme Court says. The Constitution is clear. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. Because first and foremost, JC, and I said this on Monday, I'll just 
finish up my little rant here with this. This is where the SPLC can just ignore everything that I just said and focus on this point. There's absolutely no constitutional authority for the Civil Rights Act. There's no delegation of power to the federal government to tell private businesses who they can and cannot hire or how they hire and fire people. That is not the job of the federal government. Now, if your state wants to create a Civil Rights Act and do something like that, that's well within the, the realm of the state. But this is not a federal authority. So for the federal government to come in and govern our, our hiring and firing practices, if you're a constitutionalist, your argument's going to be, let the Supreme Court say what they want, they don't have any authority over this. But the conservative and the, and the misled or false Christians are freaking out and they might as well be putting a hood and a hat over their heads. I, I just, I, I don't know. My fear is I don't know how, you, how, how we come out ahead with this kind of reaction. I don't know how. You, you know, that's why I don't like the term con, con, uh, conservative. No, it's, so it's a cherry picking of, uh, you, you know, so conservatives are constitutional to the extent that they choose those areas that they like, right? Mm -hmm. Pro-Second Amendment, whatever. Even, even uh, free speech. Think about the First Amendment. Free speech, okay? They're only in favor of free speech for conservatives, mm -hmm. right? It's a conservative movement now to take down uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that. They want to shred the First Amendment mm -hmm. because of the leftist who are attacking conser the conservatives' mm -hmm. free speech, right. right? So it's not, and, and same thing with the left. So, so the ideology really on the left and the right are identical in framework. It's just particular areas that each of them like and don't like, right? And they don't like the one for the other. So in other words, leftists want to have free speech, but they don't want conservatives having free speech. Conservatives want to have free speech. They don't want leftists to have free speech. So, and then the conservatives had the religious, right? They want to mix the religious with the government. They want the, they want the government to enforce their religious views and to punish people, you know, punish particular groups of sinners uh, with the arm of government rather than employ the gospel to convert people they, and, restrain, and the Holy Spirit to restrain people. They want the government to do that. So right. that's why I mean, I've said for years and we, you know, we usually thin out our following when we have these discussions because a lot of conservatives, you know, you'll, you'll talk about second amendment or whatever. And then we get an influx of, of this concert, you know, purely conservative uh, viewpoint and, oh, she's pro second amendment. She's pro this, pro that. But then when we start talking about liberty for all people, mm-hmm, Liberty belongs to everyone. Yeah. Then they're not a fan of that. Well, I like I said, this is this is such an un, number one disturbing to me because it's an unwarranted freak out because the exemption is there. Number two, it's such an ugly display. I mean, it just it gets me because how how, how am I now? associated with this and in, in, in trying to reach people. 
And from a constitutional perspective, you know, the conservatives, quote unquote, represent the Constitution. They, you know, they, they pride themselves and we carry the Constitution in our pocket and we we do the founding fathers. Right. And so now when somebody says Chrisanne is a constitutionalist, how does that, ref you know, how does this display mm -hmm. reflect on me? I mean, I now have to jump over their garbage and, and, and swim upstream because they've made this. And here's the thing, JC. It, it's spiritual. Number one, it creates confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. It's born out of fear. Fear is not does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. And if my Christian brothers and sisters are running around in fear because of something the Supreme Court said, maybe you ought to check where that spirit is coming from and start figuring out where your truth really lies. Yeah. Well, you, you know, some people, by the way, some people call themselves conservatives who are actually constitutionalists, but they, they don't know any other term or they don't understand you know, really the planks of conservatism as they're practiced today. Mm -hmm. Now, now, original conservatism was not what this is. Really, we're talking about neoconservatism. That, that's really what we're talking about. Is well, that actually neocons? When Jefferson and Madison and, and, Je and Washington were alive, a liberal meant somebody who believes that liberty is a gift from God. So right. these, these yeah. words are being rewritten. Sure. But that's that's who you're purpose. that's who you're dealing with, yeah. right? That's that's the thing. So these the neocons masquerading as conservatives, right? Who were originally constitutionalists, they are the ones that you know promulgate this anti-constitutional uh, ideology that undermines the very thing they say they stand for. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it, it's very frustrating, very well, frustrating. I, I find it very rhinos, right? That's yeah. it's kind of the same yeah. term where we use rhinos. rhinos, because once again, you look at uh, the Republican Party platform. So is a, if is you a, went by the platform, you'd be very constitutional. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. You don't have to call yourself a constitutional conservative, mm -hmm. because if you are a constitutionalist, you're already a conservative by the definition of limited government. Right. Because I think when people say conservative, I think that's that's what they mean. I believe in limited government. Right. But if you're a constitutionalist, you already believe in limited government. So if a, a Republican in name only is a rhino, does that mean a Chino is a Christian <laughs> in name only? Sure. Chino. Chino. A Chino. Yeah. So I, I just, here, here you go. You degrade to labels. I don't accept any labels. Now that makes me sound like, who, you know, who whatever. Who is the brother? Is that me? Am I the brother? I don't know. What's that? What is that? Uh, Gray Death. Missed the introduction. Who is the brother? He may, must be a newcomer. Ah, oh, that's my husband, JC. Hey, bro. Welcome. I'm Chris Ann Hall. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, but look, guys, I want to ask you a big favor. Because this freakout is really, really going to harm the Constitution, it's going to harm the cause of Christ. It's really has the potential to do bad things for what we want to do. So please do what you can to share 
what I've just taught you in the last few minutes of the show. Please, I, I share it. Everybody here, go share it to Levin. You know, put it on his <laughs> Facebook page. I mean, if, if we have 133, 134, oh, look, it's climbing again. If we have 134, uh, well, no, wait, what do we got here? We got a, 210 people right now copied this clip and all pasted it on Levin's Facebook page. What would happen? Share, have 210 people share this with Hannity, share this with Rush, share this with, with the people that are, that are freaking out, share it with your pastor, share it with the Catholic diocese, share it with everybody that, that you see, anybody who is engaging in this irrational freak out, please, please, please share this message. Now I'm going to do, uh, very quickly, I'm going to go in and I'm going to cut this into a short video, so make sure you check back. But uh, look, we we got to stop this. We got to stop yeah. this. Have it. Have to stop it. Let me mention we're probably going to have the uh, God Guns Liberty site back up um, tomorrow, maybe. Uh, and you know, still long delays with the shirts. Trying to still crank those out. So the um, fulfillment center said the you know the non apparel things are rolling a lot faster so i did i did a bunch of mugs so we have wow look at that isn't that beautiful that is beautiful so godgunsliberty.com we got i want that have mugs on there now i want that um got this guy no i love that 1776 too. Oh, I'm so go the ahead. first one is and the, I have the whole shelf for mugs yeah so the first one liberty first is the liberty first university mug mm -hmm. uh, with the logo there liberty is essential and this is the i got 70 1776 reasons why liberty is essential um got the rebellion to tyrants is obedience to god mug we got a couple of state you know state mugs like california patriot florida patriot that kind of thing um this is the liberty tree must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants thomas jefferson that's that mug join or die chris ann hall mug a lot of people like this thing, or a lot of the, you know, the, the Christians out there like this. I stand for the flag, kneel for the king of kings. Um, I put the non peaceful non-compliance, the flag on a mug. Yay. So have about 10 or 11 of, of those guys up there. So uh, godgunsliberty.com. Going to have, going to start doing the mug since they can't seem to get our t-shirts out yep. in a timely manner. All right, guys, uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being with us. So happy to have you with us here today. Yeah, I got to fix that spelling. We, Thanks uh, for pointing that out. Yeah, and there's one on the Thomas Jefferson quote. Yeah, you have to go fix those. Spelled his name Tomness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll get it fixed. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. God bless you. Thank you for sharing this show. I will thank you already because I know you're going to do it. We will see you next time.